Yo, what's up, confidants? It's your girl, Father Longlegs, Daddy T. You know me. Um, I really have been loving the people who are calling me Father Longlegs, which truly started as a joke. But you know what? I'm taking it. I mean, I did give it to myself. And you know, who am I kidding? I love a nickname. You can't give yourself a nickname. I love a nickname. I've always wanted one. Ever since I was a kid, my dad, I think I've told this story in the pod before, but we have a lot of new listeners since we moved over to Hoo Ha Ha, and um, some of you may not know this story, but when I was a child, my dad really wanted to call me Terry, which I hated, because I don't know, this was the 90s. Terry was like, for whatever reason in my head, it was like a boy's name, which is like fine now. I think boy's names, what is gender, you know? But like, also, it it just, to me... Maybe because I like knew one Terry, I feel like I knew a Terry who was actually not a boy. It was like an old woman, but to me, she seemed like she embodied like an old man. So that's what I related to the name Terry. And then, of course, in classic hypocrite um, <laughs> hypocrite nature, I went to summer camp one year, sixth grade. You know, hormones are raging, trying to be a little popular slut, that sort of thing. Um, a lot of '90s movies in my childhood. I decided that Terry was cool because the cool girl um, wanted to call me Terry. Except I spelled it T-E-R-I. Anyways, that was the one summer I had a nickname. It was Cherry Terry. Mm -hmm. Now you guys understand why um, I carry that sort of of thoughty uh, essence with me into adulthood. Cherry Terry. I mean, what a trashy nickname. Anyways, that was a tangent that I didn't mean to go on. All on my point being, thank you, Super Confidants, um, for you know, for 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 being the stalwart of my self-given nickname. Hey, always accepting new AKAs. If you guys have any ideas, feel free to throw them at me. Teresa's a hard one. Trust me, I've tried. Um, but speaking of Super Confidants, I did send out the Super Confidant newsletter this week. So if you um joined the Super Confidant newsletter, you should have received it in your email. If you didn't, just let me know. Um. Maybe I, I don't know, maybe it got lost. I feel like it did not get lost. I feel like I have everybody on my list, I have their accurate email. But if that's not the case, please do let me know. Once again, if you want to jump onto next month's Super Confidant newsletter, um, it's paypal.me slash you can tell me anything, $5 or more before the fifth of the month. And then that's just a little thing I like to put together for the Super Confidants. Um, I usually like to make a video. I feel like they've gotten sadder and sadder, but more real. So maybe I'll make them. Maybe I'll do a little dance or a music video for the next one. I don't know. Maybe. Um, And then um, I, you know, some photos, some life updates. And um, this time I actually did send poetry. I've hinted at that many times saying I won't, but I actually did. So I feel like (laughs) I actually probably will lose me followers, TBH. Who knows? Um, I do love to write poetry. Famously don't like to show people. I think I've showed two people who are alive. I'm just kidding. I haven't killed anybody. Um... Dead people probably have seen my poetry. I'm talking about my grandma. I've, I used to write her poetry, but she has she's in heaven now. R.I.P. Grandma. Um, I started this intro thinking I was going to keep it real short and sweet and totally sane, and it's already gone off the rails. So I'm just going to, you know, I'm not even going to ramble. I'm just going to get through the announcements. We can do it, Teresa. Um, so, yeah, if you want to get on next month's newsletter, you can get more rambling, more of Teresa on that. I try to keep less of me on this pod and really make it about the guest. Sort of, you know, I do like to talk about myself. Um, but if you guys like to hear that, feel free to join the newsletter. Um, yeah, and that just sort of helps out. Um, 
uh, podcasts, believe it or not, on a weekly basis are quite a lot of work. Um, so that just kind of helps, you know, helps me a lot, a little bit, especially when I have to do maintenance with equipment and blah, blah, blah. Boring, boring, boring. Okay. But thank you, everyone who's um, been on the newsletter. You can come in and out. Anybody, I know sometimes I see people come in for a few months and then out and back in. So thank you, anyone who's ever joined, um, especially thank you to people who uh, have are constant supporters of the podcast. I love you guys so much. All right, that wasn't the announcement. That was one announcement. I have actual real tangible announcements. Here we go. Okay, this Sunday, Sunday, May 17th, Sunday. All right, what am I doing on Sunday? I am hosting an Asian Pacific American Island. What's the, it's, there's a lot, I can never say it. It's the APA Heritage Month. Some places you look, it says Asian Pacific American, but then they leave out the Islander. So I, I don't know. I like to put Islander in there. Asian Pacific Islander American Heritage Month. That can't be right. But regardless, all the Asians, okay, we're, we have a month, and it's this month, it's May, it's, you're, we're in it, so um, I'm hosting a showcase, a live stream, because, you know, we still can't do stage shows, but look, we're all quarantined, and we want a little entertainment, and there's some dope fucking performers that I want to sh- um, just, like, I was going to say show off, but it's not like they're my performers, I'm just hosting this really fun show, I thought it'd be fun, I think it will be fun, got a killer lineup it's um, a mix of so it's not just comedy it's actually drag performers and uh, drag queens and comedians um all queer asian performers it's happening on sunday may 17th at 1 p.m pacific time about an hour so don't be late gonna start on time because that is how the live works okay i am not late to live sometimes i'm early and then i stand there because i like attention okay and then i get five more minutes of your attention Instagram.com slash comedy quarantine. Quarantine is spelled exactly like it sounds. At uh, comedy quarantine is the handle. And you can just watch for free as long as you have an Instagram account by logging into your Instagram and clicking on the stories button when we go live at 1 p.m. Pacific time. And that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I've got one of my favorite drag queens, Miss Shu Mai. Um, amazing dancer. So, so funny. And just... Um, what an all-around nice, nice person. Um, fun fact, gave birth to Miss Jumai at my birthday party, a Frozen-themed birthday party, when we asked uh, we, we asked her to perform um, in a Frozen. We did a, she did a Frozen drag dance, and, and that was the first performance ever. So have a lot of, like, just a lot of uh, love for Miss Jumai. And we have a couple other drag performers, um, as well as comedians. It's fun. I'm not going to keep rambling. You can go on Instagram and look at the lineup, but that's Sunday, May 17th, 1 p.m. Yes, that's the middle of the day. It's a dim sum brunch. Fun. Okay. Speaking of comedy quarantine, I will still be hosting that Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. It's about an hour showcase Pacific time on that same Instagram account. We, Me and my co-host Babs Gray do rotate, but if you want to know who's hosting, you can simply go to the Instagram, look at the lineups. Um, we always show who's hosting and then the other host who's not on live will be in the comments so either way if you want to hang out with me just jump on in um always a great lineup so much fun i love that show and finally um good confessions will be coming back around this month uh i feel like to me it's like a nice way to even just doing it makes me feel happy um but would love to hear your thoughts do you guys like it do you like the bonus episodes do you want different bonus episodes do you want more teresa rambling conspiracy theory episodes or do you want less i don't know 
let me know. And of course, if you have a good confession you want to send my way, tell me anythingpod at gmail.com. About two to five minutes. You can record it on your iPhone notes or whatever. You know, it helps if it's like a .wave or .mp3 file. But look, I got technology. I'll figure it out. Um, yeah, that's about it. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I had a lot of fun talking to my old friend, Chris Calogero. Um, he's a stand-up comedian in New York City. Because of the quarantine, I've been able to get more of my New York friends on this, which I love so much. And he's someone who really inspires me. He's been through a lot um, and is just so positive, so happy, and just like one of the sweetest people. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. All right. Bye. You can tell her, you can tell her anything, she's a real good listener, you can tell her anything. Yo, what's up? It's your girl, Teresa, and this is You Can Tell Me Anything. This is the podcast where comedians confess something they want to get off their chest. Um, I used to say that they never told anyone before, but then that's not usually true because we have big mouths. Um, so I just say something that, you know, not a, not a story you've told on TV, not a story a lot of people have heard, but it's okay if you've told your mom. But today we have a comedian I love so much. Um, I'm so excited to have him on the show because he actually lives in New York City, but with the quarantine, I've been able to get people from all over. Um, he's so funny. He was recently featured in the New York Times for his videos. Chris Calagero, what's up? Yay, hello, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. I mean, it's been a minute. I feel like we interact online, but um, it's been a minute since I've seen you, so it's so cool to see you on FaceTime. I know. I haven't seen you in, in a while. I mean, uh, we used to always be pounding around the old Pine Box rock yeah, shop. Pine. I, I always remember, Bush. like, one New Year's Eve, we went to watch the Hold Steady, and it was just, like, the most... Oh, yes. <laughs> I think it was your idea, actually, but it, it, it's like a, like a very dad rock is how I would describe it. Um, but it, it, it was a lot of fun. extremely dad rock. <laughs> sorry about that. No, yeah. no, don't say sorry. It was a lot of fun. It definitely was a, like, that was yeah. like an iconic comedy moment for me, I would say. Definitely a moment that uh, wouldn't have happened if I wasn't doing stand-up comedy in New York. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a, that was a fun one. And yeah. It was like um, the first New Year's I spent with my uh, my girlfriend, who is now my wife. Now your wife. So it's a, a special one, too. That's so exciting. And you guys do videos together. We were just talking about this offline, but um, you make really funny videos. Yeah. I guess now they're called front-facing videos. I don't know what the industry has yeah, deemed them, but you were doing these before the quarantine. I remember you were doing, like, yeah. montages of, like, every cop movie or, you know, like, they're so clever yeah. and fun. Um, and now you're doing, you just did one with Emily, uh, Jace, being quarantined with Jason Voorhees, which made me laugh. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, they're uh, they're called front-facing videos now, and sometimes like a disparaging manner because like nothing nothing gold can stay online, so everybody has to all of a sudden backlash for no reason against things. But um, but yeah, they're fun to do, and like especially right now, they keep my brain like occupied. You know, like it's nice to have an idea and then just like a task to complete idea like in front of me rather than just kind of fall prey to just sitting around and feeling you know despair so it's nice to it's nice to have something to do <laughs> that's good um well before we get too far i'd like to start by asking for a good confession just to start on a positive note god knows we need it now chris is there something good you want to confess to just like a quick humble brag something like that i mean you you uh <laughs> you did it i i got uh, featured in the new york times a couple weeks ago which actually feels like you know three years ago now but um <laughs> it was like towards the it was like towards the beginning of the quarantine where um 
somebody reached out and asked for my information and stuff and said I was going to be featured, which was very cool. Um, and I saw it online, which was like awesome. And uh, and then on Mon- on the Monday paper, uh, the hard copy and the art section, like my picture was like on the cover of the art section on the top oh, banner, nice. which was like I was just very excited to be to share like newspaper space with the crossword puzzle. Was, like, <laughs> Did you buy copies and frame them? I, I have it. It's in my. It's in like my box of, uh, my box of my box of brag, basically like stuff where I've been featured or that's stuff awesome. that people have sent me or, or things. So, yeah, yeah, that was a fun one. That's so cool. Um, yeah, the the, so the videos. I know you were doing them before, like, and you were saying just now how you just come up with them now and you can just do them. Like, how much, like, do you sit down and plan them ahead, or are you like, okay, I can just do this right now and like, let's just, I have all day since we're home. Let's just go make one right now. Like, how how much. Writing, are you doing in terms of like preparing, like you know, oh, I have a slate of videos I got to do, or is it just kind of like whenever you want to do them? Yeah, like I keep it's kind of like a mix of everything. Like I keep I keep a running list uh, um, uh, on like a Google Doc of ideas and in my like f- my notes app on my phone. And then if one like really like if it kind of like stews in my brain and like I feel like oh that like that will be good, and I I will write like a few lines for mm-hmm. it. Um, and then I'll start filming it, you know, with my with my phone, and then I'll allow myself to just riff a little and find some new things, and, and so it becomes like a mix of like having the idea, writing a few lines, and then allow myself to play within the confines of the lines that I've already created, um, and then editing out anything that I think is dumb or doesn't work. So <laughs> it's like it's a fun mix, especially like I, that's kind of how I do my stand up too, which is it's very loose, mm-hmm. but the thing about doing the videos is like I can cut out anything that is too uh-huh. loose you know and, and like didn't work rather than wait till the next time I get on stage to to figure it out so um the editing has really become kind of fun to find new jokes and punchlines in there that's so cool I know I love that I, I feel like I turned this into an, a professional interview and that's not what I meant but no it is it's funny no, no, no. <laughs> I'm like how why do you do this um, you're super professional <laughs> Well, it's interesting because I know a lot of people are getting into that now. And I, I'll say, like, I am the CEO of that company. Um, I definitely was someone who didn't do a lot of um, videos in that sense yeah. before. But I have started playing around, you know, because we do need our validation from somewhere. Um, but I, I think it's really cool you totally. did that, that before. Um, uh, if I, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you've talked I- extensively about comedy stuff, so we won't spend too much time on that. But I'm curious about in terms of, like, when you first started doing it, was it just, like... Was it stuff that didn't make it to the stage, or were you like, this has to be here? Like, what made you, because I, I know, like, you're established stand-up, and you are great at stand-up, so what made you want to explore oh, that medium in in the beginning? Um, uh, like, explore the making the videos? Yeah, because this was before the quarantine, Yeah, and you were still doing stand-up. Yeah, so, I honestly, like, have to give a ton of credit to this, this now-defunct app um, that was called Laugh Exchange. I don't know if you remember oh, when that was no. around, and... They were like, they wanted to do short videos and um, like 15 to 60 seconds and they, you would submit them and, um, and then they would pick like uh, six, I think, and mm-hmm. they would have whoever their users were vote on which ones were their favorites and people would win money. And so I, A, am notoriously bad at making stand-up tapes of myself <laughs> and B, didn't want to necessarily just chop up stand-up videos and and so I wanted to like test my brain and see if I could come up with something different Mm -hmm. um so I was already like 
trying to experiment with like a little character work on stage. So I just started making like different character videos instead of just submitting stand up and a couple of them hit and won me some money. And then the one I did that was like all the police chiefs in an action movie, like uh-huh. montage that I put together, like hit on Twitter bigger than anything I'd ever put on Twitter, like ever, ever. And I was like, Oh, that was really fun. And so then I was just like, Oh, I, I like, inhale movies like when I was like when I was in high school like all I did was like watch movies so mm-hmm. I had this knowledge base anyway so I just started doing like movie cliches and characters that I love and and people that um that I like know are cliches but I love anyway you know like the inspirational uh-huh. movie coach or the the jock from the 80s like the movie jock from the 80s and stuff and like I just like it was fun it's easy to do it's not anything that is like I feel is uh, too difficult in like taking away from anything else basically is what I mean mm. like it's just fun I'm at home I'm doing it I'm like gonna make dinner I can shoot a video <laughs> and people will enjoy it and I've got fans off of it so yeah it just kind of started from there that's awesome I mean it, it, it I like that um like your humility when you say like oh it's not too hard but so much of that is because like you've ingested all this pop culture and you have a foundation of comedy that it is easier but like but I do, right. it is, like, I, yeah, because I don't want to, like, downplay that. But I know what you mean. It's, like, that sense, it feels like it's accumulation of everything you have. Um, but that's really cool. Yeah, because yeah, I think... Yeah, it's a base, and I think... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, I was going to say, like, I think part of it is, like, Twitter can be so snarky, so I think sometimes <laughs> I'm hesitant to be, like, it's a cool thing. I, I'm, like, oh, no, it's, I know it's dumb. Yeah. No, like, I, I enjoy doing it. I just, like, don't want to get caught up in, like, somebody's, like, snark timeline sure sure like, sure <laughs> yeah god forbid we actually try to do the thing we want to do you know that's crazy. I, know. No. <laughs> I know no i'm the same way i'm like um here's the thing i want to do well but i'm just gonna call it dumb you know but that's know. you know that's, the, know that's that's okay that's part of the personality um yeah. but so, so well that sort of leads me into loosely into the next point um this, so this podcast is sort of based on like going to therapy i mean because i found therapy later in my life and it really helped me and just like the idea of like talking things out. Um, what's your experience with therapy? So, um, it's interesting. I really believe in in therapy, and I think it's very important. And I think it's like not talked about. But I have, I am not in therapy, mm-hmm. and I only ever saw a therapist once, which was um, after my uh, friend Amy mm-hmm. uh, passed away. Um, we shared an apartment together, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I I'm the one who, who found our apartment, and it was like, you know, a kind of life-altering moment for me um I went to therapy I went to a therapist once and a I found out how hard the Mm. process of finding a therapist can be which I I had not realized and gave me like a newfound respect for for that whole process and b um I I realized that like a therapy you you have to find somebody who works for you she didn't Mm -hmm. I just did not feel a connection. I didn't feel like she was going to be able to serve whatever I was going through. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I only went once and it just was not that particular person in that particular session just was not for me. Basically. Yeah. That, yeah, it is really, really tough to find someone even when you're not in a crisis. It's even harder when you're in a crisis because it's like, it's like trying to find a hospital when your arm's already bleeding and, and it's like, Oh, this is a dentist. Yeah. This is an eye doctor. You're like, I just need someone put my arm together. You're like, you know what? I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'm going to do it. It's fine. Yeah, I get yeah. that. And I, yeah, and I, 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 got, I got caught up in like a, a phone tag with one oh, therapist. 
and it was just like I was like in mourning and grieving and like having like sporadic panic attacks and I was like I can't I can't I can't play phone tag with someone I can't do that yeah because any just, like, any little thing can set you off like at that moment I mean and and I I'm uh uh, the, the listeners obviously don't know our relationship, but I know, you know, I, I know the story and I'm sorry about yeah. that. I, I do remember weirdly like that happened, like, I think like a week or so before I lost my brother. So weirdly, we were kind of on a similar grief timeline, but yes. also weirdly, like so much right. in our own worlds, I feel like, but it was always sort of like a parallel thing. I remember feeling like, oh, wow, we're kind of like, because every time you post an anniversary post is around the same time. So it is interesting. Right. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it is really And it was also tough. actually like, Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, that was also like a week after the whole study show. The what? Oh, yes, that's January right. 9th. It was so, yeah. So it was like, what a wild. God, yeah, I, we were like, time we were like, has kind of like melded kind of, into weird, uh, it's morphed a little bit in my head. I don't know if it does that for you, like after trauma, but like time morphed a little bit. So sometimes, like, I'll have memories, but they don't fit in the right spaces, if that makes sense. Like of, yes. uh, of chronological order. Yeah. Totally um, get that. But I'm sorry you had a bad experience with therapists. Um, I mean, I, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. I tend to, like, I personally, therapy has helped, but I've also had trouble finding people at times, and it is really hard during uh, crises to find people. And I sometimes will be like, okay, if, it, if I don't find someone right away, I'm going to stop because especially when you're at a low point, like, even someone saying, like, sorry, I'm full can make you go, like, well, that's a sign. Fuck it, and then it's like, right. oh no, that's bad. Don't don't do that. Like, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> yeah um, I never want to be like, oh, I like therapy doesn't work for me, or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like I I just it just didn't work, and then I just was like that. Le- everything to trying to get to that point sure. was such a process that it just like drained me, and I could not go through it again. And I I think I ended up I think it kind of hurt me because mm-hmm. I I had some stuff to deal with that popped up. A year and a half later that hmm. I, I realized I was going through this bad time and I was just like oh oh I just have like unresolved issues around grief mm-hmm. and like and like leaving our the home that we lived in together and yeah. you know what I mean like starting new in Brooklyn even though I'd been doing comedy in New York for so it was just all this stuff I realized was like oh it's just stemmed not dealing with my grief mm-hmm. in the moment when I probably should have and there's no yeah there's no right way it's just tough no matter what the way that I've kind of come to see therapy is like because I came to it late in life I had this thought like it has to solve everything but I've kind of changed my point of view now where I feel like the best time to look is when things feel like they're going well even though that's counterintuitive because you know especially according like 90s movies it's always like oh you need therapy when things are bad but now I think like when things are well that's when I try to really like open up old wounds because that's when I feel like um, if I, I can take the time to find the right person. And then when I'm in a crisis, even if I'm not going regularly, I feel like I have a relationship with someone who I can call. Like, that's like my floor. Like at the end of the day, like all my friends or whatever, for whatever reason, if I feel like I don't want to talk to them, like there's a person who knows me, who's a professional. But when I'm in a crisis, I don't want to start from scratch. Like, I don't want to be like, and here's day yeah. one, my childhood. Cause I'm like, just fix me now. So I, I mean, for anyone listening, who's like on the fence, uh, and maybe feeling bad, I think when things are stable and you've thought about maybe going, that might be a good time to start and then build a relationship yeah. for when shit hits the fan, then you have someone. But, you know, yeah, I think smart. other there's always other um, ways to find support. I mean, you of mentioned course. your wife. I mean, I know she's a strong support in your life and you have your comedy and your friends. And so 
that's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah I had a good support system. Um, I probably, if I could do it again, I probably would have, you know, tried to find a, a therapist. Um, but I think um, it worked out. But it doesn't mean I'm like not into the. I'm not for the idea mm-hmm. of therapy. You know. No, and you tried, which is already like a big step. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but speaking of, yeah. is there anything you would like to tell me, Chris? Uh, well, I don't know if you know this about me, but I um, actually, in the year of our Lord, uh, 2004, I was uh, banned from the campus of Holy Cross. Wait, what? Uh, college. <laughs> yeah. I like that you started yeah. the year of our Lord. I was like, where is this going? And you're like, I was banned <laughs> from a holy school. Yeah, I was... Wait, was okay, where's the school? I'm not familiar with it, I don't think. It's a, uh... Holy Cross is in Worcester, Massachusetts. Oh, okay. And I went to the University of Scranton. Uh-huh. Um, but I, my friend um, was going, went to Holy Cross. Mm-hmm. And, and my, he, me and my other best friend from high school it was like three of us it was like me pat and andrew we were all like best buddies in high school and we didn't hang out as much in college um as maybe we wanted to but mm-hmm. he went to andrew went to penn state i went to scranton pat went to holy cross so like senior year we were finally going to go visit pat up in holy cross so uh-huh. andrew came from penn state to me and then we drove up but like um the thing is like i i drank so much in college like <laughs> So like dis- a disgusting you, amount. I have to let the listeners know you're wearing a Budweiser hat right now. So <laughs> <laughs> can only imagine how much yeah. that was in college. I still I still drink, but like it's like I I say like I, you know in college I drank it like it was like Michael Jordan on the Bulls, but like uh-huh. now I drink like I'm Michael Jordan on the Wizards. You okay. know? Like, it's not as fun, but like you know uh-huh. I still have them. And that's actually a topical reference because you know the last dance is now yeah. out. out so. <laughs> the documentary is on, yeah. But um, but yeah. So like, I drank so much. Like that that night before we went out to Holy Cross, I participated in um, a handle race, which was like teams of four people, and whoever can drink a handle of vodka oh, the what? fastest like wins. That's so yeah, much terrible, vodka. terrible, terrible. Really bad. Okay. <laughs> so well, we drank a handle of vodka in like eighteen minutes. Oh my god, and, that's crazy. Yeah, four, yeah, disgusting. Four of us. So, like, that was like the pregame to even going up to <laughs> visit my friend. That was like the uh-huh. night before. I don't know how we were able to get up out of bed and do anything after that. Um, wow. And you guys were like, you didn't immediately pass out. <laughs> I. It was like a drunk that has never happened to me before or since. Uh-huh. It was. I went from. I went from like sober to immediately drunk in a span of like 20 minutes oh yeah 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 i feel like i've done definitely not drank that much but i've but i'm you know i've done the like four shots in a row at a frat house and then the floor is spinning kind of thing so right all of a sudden you're just like zero to 60 yeah Yeah. (laughs) okay so did you get you guys won i'm guessing (laughs) we won okay prize was uh we feel horrible and somebody threw up i think oh, it was God. just like such a free conception of what winning is when you're like playing drinking games in college. sure everybody like, loses or wins. everybody wins I, I guess it depends on what side you're looking at it right. depends on if you're under 22 or over 22 then you'll see it differently it's very true <laughs> yeah very very true i was like freshly 21 so uh-huh. um 
it felt cool still. Uh, uh, but so then we road trip up to we road trip up to Holy Cross. Okay. And we get there, and like the first night we get there, we just like, you know, we hang out with our buddy. Like they were showing like Lord of the Rings in on the campus theater, so we like mm-hmm. snuck beers in there, and like we watched that, and that was like very low key, right? Uh-huh. But the next night was like, you know, when you visit your friend at school, it's like, at like a different school, it's like, Friday is like, yeah, we'll hang. But like Saturday is like, everybody's yeah. going to go crazy. At least that's what I thought. <laughs> like I, we bought all this stuff. At a school called like, Holy Cross? I don't know. I'm not sure what to expect there. I guess some religious I mean, schools do party hard, but. It's a, it's Massachusetts too. Okay. Like, they drink. True, true. So I realized like, it made me realize like how much. I was drinking, like, at my school, because, like, we bought all this stuff, and, like, I just, like, it was, like, 7 p.m., and I was just, like, ripping through, like, alcohol, and I think everybody was, like, who is this guy? <laughs> like, what is happening with this guy? Um, and then we go, it's, like, we're gonna go see my friend, like, band play in, like, some dorm common area. It's, like, a really, uh-huh, like, very college, like, yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah college kind of thing. And I am, like, ripped. Like, I am ripped. And it's, like, not even, like, 10 o'clock. And, um, and I'm, like, jumping around, and uh, all of a sudden... Well, I, like, lose track of Andrew. This is, like, a funny part. I lose track of Andrew. Andrew's, like, outside smoking cigarettes, being drunk, too. Like, he's just gone. Mm-hmm. And um, I am jumping around in this band and, like, going crazy. And I all of a sudden, like, find myself on the... Um, on the wall, by the wall of this dorm common area, and I see, like, the window, and there's, like, a little window panel underneath the big Uh-oh. window, and I just, like, I just punch it. I just punch. <laughs> I punch the window. For some, I don't know why. I was just, like, I was, like, ah, and I, like, punch the window. Were you and, angry, uh, or it was just, like, some sort of built-up animalistic instinct? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, like, a drunk, like, like, I can party. Like, look uh-huh, at me, okay. you know? Um... <laughs> I can crazy. like I know I it know. seems I, like I could, serious. I can never explain. It feels like the way you're describing it, it and because of like how happy and chipper you are, I'm like seeing a sitcom scene. Like that's what I'm seeing. I'm just like like and then we're like what? All the music stops and everyone turns around. We're like what? Right. You would think, but the music did not stop and <laughs> nobody turned around and I had just done this thing in this loud area so nobody knew like what had happened um and i uh, oh nobody saw you so you were not even performing you were just alone punching a window yeah i was just alone punching a window that's it yeah and in college like i had like a lot of unresolved like like self-loathing issues in college that i like took a long time to work through but like i'm sure that was part of it just like Uh trying to be like look oh look at me you know like pay attention to me Hmm. um but I looked at my hand, and my hand was just, like, now, like, pouring blood. Oh, my God. Wait, was it, like, glass window? Oh, it was glass, yeah. It okay. Was, I, like, punched through. Like, a straight-up pain, like, a, you, like, broke the window. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. I went, like, punched through it wow. and broke the window. And so, like, I'm now, like, bleeding. And, like, I'm, like, just, like, oh, I gotta, I better go to a bathroom. You know when you're drunk and you're just, like, nothing is serious? Yeah, you don't really feel pain so much. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Well, I'm, like, getting, like, wah. I know, I'm I know. I'm very queasy so with I'm, blood. I'm walking through this hallway to try and find a bathroom. And it's literally, like, a dorm. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> I'm also now doing this thing where I'm 
I think I'm being quiet, but I'm being like extremely loud, <laughs> and I am like, like blood is like gushing out of my hand. Oh my god! And I'm like, I'm just going. I'm like, you can't see it if you're listening, but I was like shaking, shaking my hand, like head. you know, like, <laughs> and and blood is flying like all over the dorm, like it's just like oh flying god. onto the dorm walls and stuff. Ah. And <laughs> I know. So I go to the sink in this in this bathroom and I start washing. I just start running cold water and like, like a person's bathroom, like, like just in someone's room. Yeah, well, like a no, like a, no, not that. Bad. Oh, okay. Like a like a shared like a shared. Uh, oh, gotcha. Bathroom. Okay. And um, the the sink is like just like filling with blood because uh-huh. it's like oh. as quick as water's coming onto my hand, like blood is coming out of it. You know. Oh my god! And, and at no point were you like maybe I should go to the hospital or bandage it up. Had that thought cross your mind? I, I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking like, oh, like paper towels, or, and then <laughs> some, all like kids on the floor woke up because they'd heard me, whatever, screaming and yelling. I'm sure, uh-huh. and um, they came and they were like, hey, do you need like a white t-shirt or something? Dude? <laughs> and I was like, oh, that'll help. I look dumb and dumber. <laughs> like, oh yeah. no, we gotta do something here. Take my shirt. Yeah. Yeah, so I, like, wrap a t-shirt around, it's, like, bleeding. Oh, my God. So then, all of a sudden, I I come out of the, um, I come out of the bathroom with, like, my hand wrapped up, and there's, like, either, like, a cop or, I think it would be campus security guy Mm -hmm. is, like, there. And he's, like, like, what's going on? I was, like, oh, no, then I just cut myself. No, no big deal, officer. Uh." And he's, like, who are you? I was, like, oh, I'm. (laughs) I don't go here. I'm visiting. He's like, who are you visiting? And I go, uh, I, I was like, oh, my friend Pat, uh, Pat Wilson. And he goes, he goes, he looks at me and he goes like, he's like, who the fuck is Pat Wilson? Because like unbeknownst to me, my friend Andrew had just been out front smoking a cigarette and got into like an altercation with this guy. And he, the guy, the guy was like, who are you staying with? And he's like, Pat Wilson. Oh so my then he comes God. and sees me and I'm like, Pat Wilson. And he's like, who's this criminal mastermind bringing these monsters to campus? Um, I was so a, all... I was an RA and a YMCA camp counselor. So this hits really close to home, Chris. <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry. Really no, at first I was before. thinking about, at, thinking about the hand as a camp counselor. It, like, it just brought me back to like when kids get injured and then you're like, oh boy, okay, all right, let's clean you up. And then now I'm like, as an right, RA. Right, I feel like, like, um, like when you're a camp counselor, you have to like learn the phrase, let's, let's get you cleaned up. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you have to kind of be calm because the kid's like bleeding and they kind of look at you like, is this serious? And you're like, in your head, you're like, yeah, your skin's like falling off. But you're like, oh, it's okay. You're going to be fine. And you're like, God, I'm going to throw up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like holding back vomit. You're like, no, this is great. This is yeah, because you can't freak out because they'll, I feel like all kids have like a moment of like an injury like that. And then as an adult, they're like, yeah, that was pretty bad. But you can't know that in the moment because you'll freak out if you do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know. It's so funny. Like when my, when my sister had kids, it was like, I would visit and they would just like take like headers like in the hallway or like trip over stuff and they would just be like, hey, nice job. And I'm like, what is this weird? Because <laughs> they couldn't be like, holy shit yeah yeah because the kid will just start going nuts yeah i mean i still have scars i mean most people do from when you're some injury as a kid so it's like yeah that was probably pretty bad but i think they're necessary because i think otherwise as an adult you will be like i feel no pain like now i'm like i don't scrape my knee because i know how to walk (laughs) right right or you'll be afraid of like doing anything that like might cause you harm 
Yeah. It'll, it'll like, inhibit you from doing things. Uh-huh. But 21-year-old um, Chris was not afraid of anything. Not of security no. guards, not of windows. I mean, I didn't even know what was happening. But, like, they put me in a, they put me in a, um, whatchamacallit, uh, an ambulance. Oh, wow. And the guy was like, he was like, never come back to this <gasps> campus. You're banned from campus. You and your friend are not allowed. But, like, we had to sleep there after all this was done. So oh, we, my like, God. They banished me up at the hospital. They gave me, like, I got, like, six stitches um, oh. and, like, a bunch of... Percocet, and then they sent me out, and I, and it was like six in the morning, and we just like, went back to the dorm, and we're like sneak. We felt like we were sneaking back on campus, <laughs> and our friend like had passed out. We're like banging on the dorm, and I'm like, we're gonna so get her. Yeah, I was gonna here. say, where was Pat uh, in all this? Was he just nowhere to be found? You know, it. But it's gonna make me sound like a million years old, but like. We weren't using cell phones. Mm, that's right. So yes. things were different. It was just like calling his dorm landline, and <laughs> he was just passed out. Which I know it sounds like not. It sounds like a foreign language now. <laughs> but no, I remember. Um, I remember the times I used to like the transitional times when I went to college in New York. I would call my mom to look to be like, "Are you at a computer? Can you Google?" like directions to this place so i thought that was like pretty tech savvy to have like direct access to someone with direct access to a google map but that was still right. before I, smartphones like i remember like <laughs> like going like going to like friends places or like uh, like you know taking a, uh, a drive someplace i'd never been in like printing out like map quest directions and just like leaving them in the oh car my God, with me map quest <laughs> map quest man I don't know why um, that map quest makes me laugh so much. Like, it's just, it's fine. It's just a map thing and then die because of Google. But, like, the idea of someone just super invested in map, like, map quest, and then it just, it's just an antiquated, defunct thing. It's so funny to me. I know. Oh, <laughs> but especially when, like, we ended up needing, like, and using all the map app that we have. <laughs> and, like, I'm like, map quest really missed the ball here. Yeah, like, they should have jumped on they that. They could have bounced back. Mm-hmm. True. Back, man. Yeah, like eBay is still around. I was gonna say kicking, but I don't know if it's kicking. Definitely like the wiggling some toes, but not. I don't know. Yeah, if eBay, eBay's kicking. Still, eBay's still still hanging around. They're doing well. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you were able to get back on the campus and got back on the campus. Um, and it was like 6 a.m. and we like fell asleep and then we like left the next morning. My hand was in like a my hand was like bandaged from like the elbow like up to the um. Up to the fingertips. Um, Did they bill you for I the emergency my, room? They, so, I was supposed, to, I got billed unknowingly for the oh. ambulance. Damn. And that ended up being, like, on my, like, I owed that for a long time, mm. and I didn't know it. And then all of a sudden, like, years later, we started getting... I started getting calls from a collection agency, Jeez. and they started like harassing oh. like me and like my parents like landline like asking for like money, and um and basically I just waited until they gave up. It ran out. <laughs> yeah, they gave up, and it came off of my credit report. Damn, I mean that is crazy because it's like yeah, how did they like with especially with college kids? It's like they'll put. I'm sure they got your ID, but like. It's not like you have like a permanent address you're gonna be at for years. Like you're probably at a dorm. Like you're a guest. Yeah. That, also, that's yeah, I, I was realized. Out delinquent for a long time. <laughs> I mean, but that I is the weird thing about collectors. Not to like, I'm not one to get financial advice, so don't listen to me by any means. But this is just <laughs> anecdotal. But 
by the time it's at a collector's, it's already like they bought that debt knowing there's a risk. So that's, I mean, yeah. depending on where you are in life, obviously, again, do not take my advice, do what you want. But like, if a collector's calling you and, you know, you're not like trying to buy a house, like, you could probably let it go. I mean, I don't know. Because at that point, they picked up the risk. So they have bought it right. at a lower price, knowing that there's a chance you might not pay it back. So that's right. just something they to also think like, about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they also, like, uh, so I think I had moved out by the time they were calling the my parents' number, mm-hmm. which must have been the, the number that I gave on the medical form. Um, and so my parents, like, had to figure out, like, Oh, I think this is for they they got the name of the company and they're like, I think this is for that ambulance you took when you were in like Worcester, Massachusetts. And so I looked it up and I was like, Oh yeah, it's them and and I, and they were like, my parents were like, look, if they call back, I, like Dad's just gonna say that he's you, and we'll just like tell them basically like we're not gonna pay or whatever. <laughs> and but then my mom picked up, and the guy, uh, the guy like berated me to my mom he was like oh like uh chris can't come to the phone when he like has to have his mommy fight his battles for him is that the kind of person he is and my mom was like who are you oh my god maybe that person has some aggression issues they need to work they need to punch a window um it just felt like the last the last ditch effort was like to just to make fun of yeah that how's that tactic ever worked that's crazy, um, but I'm glad yeah. your parents stood your ground. So that means you told them. Did you tell, like, yeah, did you, like, tell them right away what happened? I told them that I had accidentally <laughs> put my hand through a window, uh-huh. which I don't, <laughs> don't know how. I think that they were just at that point, like, whatever, like, are you fine? Are you okay? Whatever this story is, we'll buy it. Like, uh-huh. you're, like, a month away from graduation or, you know, whatever. So, like, just just make sure your hand isn't screwed up for graduation and, like, <laughs> you're okay. Just get home. Because I was, like, looking back now, it's just, I was, like, oh, yeah. I was, like, hanging around and I, put, I threw my hands out and I hit a window. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Parents know. Um, yeah. Are you the, uh, are you the oldest or do you have siblings? I'm the middle, middle, middle child. Okay. So then they've, they've had some experience with an yeah. older child. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, like I said, I think they were like, like rolled their eyes and were like, fine, just <laughs> be safe from now on or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah, anytime a story, like an injury report to a parent starts with like, I fell or I accidentally, it's like, yeah, yeah. it's a lie because like, if you have to report it, it's probably, serious. like if you really just fell and bruised your knee, you're not calling your mom to be like, I fell, like, but if right, it's like, oh shit, right. something happened, uh, I, I tripped, you know, over a rock and, oh my yeah, god, no. <laughs> yeah, looking back on it now, like, I know that I probably was like dreading that phone call, um, <laughs> And I would love to hear, like, a tape of of what that conversation was like. Did you get injured a lot as a child? Like, were you um, a clumsy kid? Not really. Like, I broke, I broke my, like, I broke my pinky once. And, you know, I would take some, I would take some headers every now and again. But, like, I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily clumsy. I'm, I think I've, like, hurt myself more as an adult than I did as a kid. Hmm. Did you ever, okay, this, this is a, a slightly, like, it's not really leading and it might not go anywhere, but 
you were talking about like at the time you had like unresolved anger issues were and wanting attention like as a kid did you feel like you would get more attention if you were like something was wrong and would your parents give you more like love and attention at times like that like do you feel like secret it might be no I'm just curious sometimes sometimes it's like you as an adult you'll like play out those patterns of like oh if I if I'm hurt then people will come to me and check in on me like did you have that at all with your parents or were you more just like I don't want um, them involved in this um scenario I was more like, like I my like my family is very loud and mm -hmm. they they talk over each other and they kind of um you can you can get lost in the shuffle very mm -hmm. easily of like at like a big like a family event or even you know kind of like a like a dinner and it it's all like people want to talk and they're excited to talk to each other and say things but like especially when I was a kid I would just kind of not be able to get in there mm -hmm. and especially like when my like when it was like everybody like a big family gathering I would just kind of like feel like I couldn't say anything and then like if I started I would kind of get like run over by mm -hmm. words and so now if I think the one thing that that is residual is like if I'm talking to somebody and they're like person that is always like cutting you off mm. I get like I, I, I just like recede away from the conversation and just be like all right we'll just I'll just be a quiet person then oh wow I mean that that like rings true for me because in different ways I feel like I'm all often cutting people off and that's something I've worked on as an adult but as a kid <laughs> I, well I grew up in a similar family but I'm the oldest so I do feel like I like in that pole of um, power I kind of like asserted myself more so then yeah. I did feel like as an adult I had to do that and then it took me a while like it took people who I trusted and like I had healthy relationships with to tell me like hey you're you do this thing where you interrupt like in a way that wasn't mean but just pointed it out and that helped me yeah. think about it because I was like oh I don't need to do this with everyone as an adult but it was residual too, a feeling like if I don't like quickly cut you off, I'm never gonna get a chance. Um, so that's interesting right. to say that. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah I'm kind of like the opposite. Like I'll, I, I just like if we're like hanging out in like a group dynamic and I can't like get in there, I'll sometimes like really like quiet. Every now and again, I'll go like over the top if like I'm trying to like make people like me or something. I'll be like <laughs> and like and like I will get a little cut offy. Um, mm -hmm. But I think it's like sometimes a push and pull. Of, uh, of just wanting to be make sure that my voice is heard because like mm -hmm. it, I, it makes me crazy like if people aren't, aren't listening to me at all you know you know what weirdly helped me with this is podcast I know that sounds like the nerdiest lamest thing but when I like before I started doing my own podcast I'd like guests on podcasts and the first couple I did because I used to work at cracked which is like a now whatever I it kind of still exists, but not in the same oh, way. Yeah. It's like a comedy website, but they had a podcast where right. multiple guests would be on. And I, the first couple times I did it, I would try to like say funny things, but I was so nervous about getting a word in that it, once I like said a thing and it worked, I kind of like back off. And I got comments saying like, "Oh, Teresa's funny," but like we never heard her much. And then listening back, I was like, "Oh, this is how I am in conversations too." So then I kind of tried to actively just be more present and it took a long time I don't know that I'm fully there but I've gotten better in just being present instead of being like how can I say something and then oh I did the thing okay what's my next like what's my next thing you know now I just try right. to be like where right. are we now it's you hard. Know? yeah it's hard to like it's hard sometimes to break especially when you're trying to like fit in and especially when you're doing you know comedy stuff and mm -hmm. you're trying to 
be entertaining, um, but like making sure that you're listening and not just waiting to talk is like such a big difference. Yeah, um, that's that's so interesting. Um, well, I wanted to say one thing about your story of walking down the halls with blood because I don't know <clears throat> if you ever got told like these like urban myths when you were going to school of like oh I heard like you know some uh, okay let me explain like. People before I went to school would say things like, "Oh, you know, you gotta be careful when you go to the do- when you stay in dorms because, like, I heard like so and so's cousin once was sleeping and then a-, a man walked in and peed on her, like things like that, you know." Right. And yeah, I remember yeah. my mom told me something like that, or as an aunt, something like that, where like a stranger walked in and just like peed on her bed. Now hearing about that, I'm like, that probably did happen, and they were probably drunk. But at the time, I was like, that didn't happen. No way. You're being paranoid. Yeah. And when you told me your story, I'm like, oh, my God, you are the guy. Like, you're the guy someone's telling I, a story to about. <laughs> I am. Like, walking through sure the hall the bleeding. <laughs> yeah. Like, somebody is like, there is this just drunk dude, like, fling blood all over the hall. Like, like, I'm sure it was the... there for, like, a couple, like a bunch of days. <laughs> and that's their for experience, college experience. It's, they're just horrified. They're like, ah, oh, the, people just walk around bleeding. I mean, shit happens like that in college. Um, yep. I don't know if I've ever seen <laughs> seen someone walking down the hall bleeding. There, there was an urban legend at NYU, and I don't know if this actually happened, but they, they called her Bloody Mary. And now that I think about it, it's too convenient. probably didn't happen. But that some girl was, like, on her period and having sex and then just walk oh, drunk and then, like, left the room and she was just bleeding down the hall. But now that I think about it, I feel like that's probably not true. It just feels too convenient. You never know. <laughs> yeah, we, we, had a, we had a girl one time... Uh, in her freshman dorm, she pooped herself in the shower and then and put her foot in it and then left oh, like no. foot marks all down the hall. Ooh, okay, well, so, <laughs> college is crazy. You yeah. never know. That's true. Yep. <laughs> um, well, thanks for sharing that. I have a quick game. Of course. Okay, yes. so this game is called Twist on a Twist. Um, it's inspired by your love of movies because um, we talked about it earlier, but you watch a lot of movies, you're very good at like, um, kind of like summarizing tropes, and you have a good, uh, your thumb on the pulse, I feel like I'm bad at idioms, is that the one I'm looking for? You have your thumb on the pulse of like, you know, movie tropes and that sort of thing. So, obviously, we're currently reporting from the pandemic, so a lot of movies are um, delayed due to the coronavirus, so I don't know, I just want to give movies some love, you're an astute movie watcher. And uh, there's a lot yeah. of movies that have, like, sort of big twists, you know, the classic, it was you all along, or I was dead all mm-hmm. along, mm-hmm. or my personal life twist of I was dead inside all along. Um, so in this game, I'm going to give you a classic movie and the twist. Uh, I guess, spoiler alert, most of these are ones that have been out for a while, so I don't know. If you haven't watched them, you probably won't. But if for some reason I say one, you're like, don't tell me, then we'll move on. Um, so I'll give you the twist, and then you give me the modern-day twist on the twist, like what it would be in 2020 now. So it's really just a okay. fun thought exercise, but if there's any you want to skip or that doesn't inspire you, just say skip, and then we'll no. move on. Yeah. Cool. Okay, we'll start with the simple one, Sixth Sense. So the twist is a psychiatrist is working with a patient that can see dead people, but then realizes he's the dead one. So what's the twist on the twist? Okay, so the, the so I guess it'd be like the reboot, the twenty twenty reboot. What would that be? Right. Um, so uh, I feel like at this point in the in the quarantine, he would just uh, it's a guy who who would end up realizing that it's been Monday the whole day and he didn't know. <laughs> oh damn! 
so sad. Because I don't know what day it is. I don't know what days it are. They are anymore. Right? Yeah. So, like every now and again, I'm like, oh, it's Tuesday. Okay. I forgot. It is crazy. I, we just did, um, like I do a live stream comedy show on Instagram. We just did our 30th one. And I was like, it has it been that long. It's wild. Oh my God. It's, um, wild. Okay. Uh, okay. Gone girl. So a woman goes missing. Her husband tries to stop the murder, but realizes she framed him for it. So that's the original. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She framed him for it and, um, she's still alive. Okay. Um, so in the modern day, uh, the new twist on the on the on the twist is that um, she framed him for, uh, and then he uh, he finds out because um, he finds her alternate Twitter account. That's how he finds out. <laughs> he finds her, her fake Twitter account that. and reads everything about it. She finds her. Okay, I, I have a, a, a riff on that because I just discovered lesbian TikTok, which is TikTok, but it's lesbian dating apps on TikTok. It's a sub community that you can only find if you, um, you know, have the right finger technique. Um, but uh, the new twist is he finds her lesbian TikTok, realizes nice. she's not into it. Or the second twist is she's not gay, she's bi, she just didn't like him. Um, so that's that's the more <laughs> progressive... <laughs> She just wasn't into Progressive it. version. Yeah, you don't need to not like all men to not like one man, okay? Okay, right, 90s so. movies. Um, all right. <laughs> um, this one, okay, American Psycho. You, uh, you know this one? I don't want to give it away. Okay. This yeah. is like an old, I feel like these are old. Okay. A successful, beloved business yeah. bro is a secret serial killer, eventually confesses to a murder when he's caught, but then the twist, he was never actually killing anybody to begin with. It was all in his head. So that was the original. Right. A controversial twist, to be honest. Yeah, some kind of, are, because a little, fuf- like, is it, like, fantasy, what's that, f- wish fulfillment, fantasy for real serial killers? Because, I don't know, it's directed yeah. by a woman, though, so. Uh, so in this one, um, uh, he's a, he's a, uh, he ends up, he's an incel who, who thought the whole time that he was having sex with women, but he actually wasn't. He was in, <laughs> parents, uh, in a VR machine or oh something. Oh my god. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh my god, I love that so much. <laughs> okay, that's so good. Okay, this is the final one. This is a very classic Star Wars, Return of the Jedi. Okay, we all know the twist. Luke finds Darth Vader, kills him, but before that learns he's actually his father. Uh, uh, sorry to be a nerd, but um, it's Empire Strikes Back. Oh, sorry. Wait, I wrote the... Okay, yeah, yeah, I did know that. I literally... Dumb, dumb. Sorry. You are correct, and uh, I'm a dumb. That's okay. <laughs> no, no, it's... It doesn't matter really in the in the scheme of things. Okay, so he finds out. Um, Luke finds out that Darth Vader is his dad. Um, right. Uh, so in the new uh, Empire Strikes, the twist on the twist is that um, Luke finds out. Okay, so Luke finds out that Darth Vader is his dad, and also has a TikTok account. Yeah, 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 like I worked in your thing, right? I like that. And he's and he's a superstar on TikTok. Ooh, okay, <laughs> I like that. Or um, okay, he also here's an alternate. He finds out he's his dad, but he was like, you know what? I didn't need you. Um, I grew to love myself. So actually, you can have your fatherhood back. Um, I don't need you, and I love myself, and I've healed my wounds. And then and then he <laughs> kills them and restores good. Okay. <laughs> Nice. Um, wow, I love these so much. Thank you, Chris, so much for doing the show. Can you tell our listeners where to find you if they want to watch your stuff or follow you? 
Um, first of all, well, thanks for having me. This is great, and it's good to see you again. Um, uh, but people can find me at chriscalajero.com and on social uh, at realchriscal on Instagram and Twitter, um, where I am uh, mostly active on Twitter uh, incessantly, so that's where you can find me. Yeah, and you can follow this podcast at Tell Me Anything Pod and follow me at Larissa T on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you.